You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Dreamland Baby Co. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents are using to help their babies sleep, the Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. It started with Tara, a mom just like you and me, who couldn't get her baby to sleep. She was exhausted, frustrated, and in search of answers. Her solution? To create a weighted sleep sack that your baby can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. Genius. The award-winning Shark Tank and doctor-approved Dream-Weighted Sleep Sack features cover-calm technology that evenly distributes weight from baby's shoulders to toes and naturally reduces stress, allowing your little one to relax and sleep soundly. Parents worldwide are using the Dream-Weighted Sleep Sack to help their newborns to age three get the sleep they need. So if you have a baby that's having difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, this is the safe, effective product of your dreams. 3 and 30 listeners get 20% off site-wide by using the code 3 and 30 at checkout. Go to dreamlandbaby.co and enter the discount code 3 and 30 at checkout. Welcome to 3 and 30 a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Many years ago, when I was an editor for the website Power of Moms, an article submission came to my inbox that struck me to the heart. At the time, my children were very young, ages one and four, but when I read this submission, I had a sense for the importance of my role in raising my young children to be good teenagers and then on to be good adults. It lit a fire in me to be more intentional within my motherhood and to get creative and think outside the box about the opportunities I create with and for my children. This article, written by a mother named Jennifer Brimhall, started like this, quote, My husband and I are constantly looking at resources for raising children. Of particular concern to us is enjoying our soon-to-be teenagers as we help them develop into independent, happy, responsible adults. No celebrity-like teenagers for us, thank you very much. In our searching, we have come across the intriguing idea of -of coming-of-age rituals. Historically known as a tradition associated with Native American and African tribes, these rituals often contain physical and spiritual elements. When a child successfully completes these trials, he or she is officially considered an adult with attendant responsibilities and privileges. These rituals have been all but lost in our Western culture today, though they were once regarded as a crucial stepping stone in many civilizations. Richard Rohr, a noted author and theologian, has noted that only in our Western culture has it been deemed unnecessary to initiate our children. In our quest to raise children who become contributors to the world and to help them avoid typical teen angst and destructive behaviors, my husband and I decided this was something we wanted to implement in our family. End quote. Are you as intrigued as I was? Rather than reading you the rest of that article, I've got something even better for you today. I have Jennifer on the show as this week's guest, teaching us all about the power of coming-of-age rituals for our teenagers and how we can adapt these to our busy modern lives. Jennifer is a mother of five children who range in age from 10 to 20 years old. She's the founder of Raise the Good, a website for parents where she curates resources to help them educate the hearts as well as the minds of their children. 
Jen is actually a returning guest of 3 and 30, and I'm thrilled to have her back on the show today talking about this fascinating idea of planning coming-of-age celebrations for our children. Here we go. Jen, welcome back to 3 and 30. I am so excited to talk with you today. Thanks, Rachel. It's fun to connect with you again, too. I interviewed you, I think it was about four years ago. You were one of my very first guests on the podcast, episode three, introducing your children to unexpected heroes. And within that episode, you mentioned a little bit about this idea of coming of age rituals and holding them for our children. And I knew then that I wanted to dive in so much deeper on that topic. And it's taken us a few years to get there, but here we are. (laughs) And I'm so glad we get to talk about it in more depth. And why don't you start out by just telling us what is a coming of age ritual? A coming of age ritual is a formal acknowledgement that a child is leaving childhood and starting to step into adulthood. Hmm. And lots of cultures and religions have an example of this. You've got the Jewish bar and bat mitzvahs, the Latino quinceaneras, Native American and African tribal groups have physical challenges that relate to this idea. And it's really something that we've lost in our modern age. Stephen James and David Thomas, who wrote the book Wild Things, put it really, really well. And this really spoke to my heart as a parent. And they say, In our postmodern culture of rapid change and global transformation, boys, and I would say girls as well, are wrestling with questions of identity, morality, and belonging. If we don't create rites of passage for our children, they will find their own. If we don't mark their passage into the fellowship of men, they will create experiences that make them feel like the men they long to become. Mm. A rite of passage for a boy can be anything from smoking pot to sleeping with a girl to driving drunk, or breaking the law in some way. For many boys, life will eventually initiate them, but is often too late or too imperceptible to have any real meaning. When boys are initiated by happenstance, they rarely comprehend the sacred significance of the moment, and thus it has little impact. Without initiation, boys become disillusioned, dissatisfied, and disenchanted. They have nothing greater than themselves to be a part of. They lack a moral and spiritual identity and they have no greater story to guide them. Mm. And that's the end of a quote in their book. Again, it's called Wild Things. But when I read that, because I have four boys, I have one girl, and I was like, they've just made so many great points about finding belonging, about finding a story higher than themselves. And as I just thought more about it, I was also exposed to another group called Raising Real Men, They're the ones who initially put me into this rite of passage, coming of age idea. And putting these two thoughts together, I realized that I wanted to do something with my children to give them a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning and a greater story behind them. And so that's that's why we do it. So in our family, a coming of age celebration is a celebration, not that all of a sudden they're an adult, but that they are becoming an adult and they're starting their journey to decide what kind of man or woman they want to be. And so we invite our mentors that they have in their lives to come join us as we celebrate this time in their life and and give them some guidance. And so that's what a coming of age celebration is for our family. Yeah, it's such a beautiful way that you honor your children and honor your motherhood. I've admired this about you for a long time. I think it was my introduction to you, actually. Years and years ago, I was an editor for Power of Moms. And you wrote an article about planning a coming-of-age celebration for your daughter, who's your oldest. 
And after I read that, I thought I have got to follow this woman and learn from her about parenting because you are so intentional about what you do with your kids and how you teach them. And it's just so inspiring. And we're going to dive in today a little bit into what is the power of having these coming of age rituals and how can we create them in our families? So why don't we start with your first takeaway? For sure. The first takeaway is the power of recognizing transition points. And I think this is good for the children to understand that now, you know, we're raising the bar. They're, they're changing into adults. There are new expectations. There are new things they need to be thinking about puberty and driving and, you know, careers and whatever it is. Uh, but it's also important for the moms and the parents in general mm-hmm. to realize my child is growing up. And as much as we want to hold on to them, we need to start letting them fly. And so this is just a really great trigger point for both of us to acknowledge that our relationship needs to change from here on out. Mm. We have our coming of age celebrations when our children are 12, because that's when we notice they're starting to pull away a little bit. They are starting to develop their own ideas. Many people do them when they're 16 or even when they're 18. The age is really up to you and what you think is, is best, but it's just a really great outward signal for them to grow into the next phase of life and responsibility. Mm-hmm. So recognizing those transition points is important. Yeah. I love what you mentioned there about how it's as much for us to recognize that they are transitioning and growing up as it is for them. Cause it's hard as moms to let go a little bit and give them more responsibility, but doing it in this very intentional way where we're showing them the type of adults that we hope that they will become. And we're bringing in the people who will love and support them and mentor them through this transition is really powerful. And so do you just do the one coming of age celebration when they're 12? Do you do others at other milestones? How do you do it in your home? It was our intention to just do one because that's all we'd really considered at that point. Mm -hmm. And then when my daughter graduated from high school, she said, you know, I think I really want to write an email to the important teachers in my life that I had through high school and ask them for any advice that they have Mm -hmm. as I go forward from here and choose a career and have a family and, you know, whatever else. And I was like, that's an amazing idea. And so she did, and she just added it to, we create a binder for our children filled with letters from mentors and different things. And so she added that to the back of her binder. And I have children who are moving on to new phases in their lives right now. I have one who just barely left for a mission for our church. And I had family members give him advice on that. And so Mm. we're adding it to their binder. You know, I hope that when my kids get engaged, we can put marriage advice in there when they have their first child. You know, I just think... What a lovely thing to be able to learn from people at any stage in life. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. So you have the initial coming of age celebration at 12 where you invite these mentors over and you do a variety of different things with them. And you have a whole ebook and course on how exactly to do this and what you do with each of your children, which we'll get into. And then you can add to that over the years. And if moms are listening to this and they think, well, my child is already 14, or I missed my chance to have a coming-of-age celebration with them at 12. That is not true, right? No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) I've had people, like I said, do it at 16. And it was just a a beautiful thing. And I've gotten letters back from mom saying, thank you for helping us create such a powerful memory for my child to help them see how many people love and care for them. 
mm-hmm. and to guide them into being a really successful and happy adult. And yeah. so truly any age, yeah. you can always learn. Well, and I will say that having learned from you about the importance of marking these kind of milestones and involving the people that love our children, when my son got baptized, I asked all of the important adults in his life to write him a letter about an experience that they've had with the Holy Spirit. And I put all those in a binder for him. And that was inspired by you. And so it wasn't his coming of age celebration formal yet, but it was an element of that. It was bringing in those people who love him to give him advice and put that in a binder. And now we can just add to that binder over his lifetime. I love it. I love it. I hadn't even considered doing it when they were younger, but yeah, that's fabulous. Let's take a quick break to hear about this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Ana Luisa Jewelry. I am so excited about this new sponsor of the show that crafts high-quality jewelry pieces at affordable prices, starting at only $39. I recently got their scarlet earrings, and I am obsessed. They are small gold hoops, but each earring is double-layered, with one hoop slightly bigger than the other and a bit of space between them. It's hard to envision, so you're going to have to go look at their website, but it adds so much unique dimension and interest to a classic gold hoop style that you can wear with literally everything and dress up or dress down. The scarlet earrings feel so substantial and well-made when I hold them in my hands, while looking dainty and chic when I wear them in my ears. You can get 10% off the scarlet earrings and so many other beautiful styles of jewelry by going to shopanaluisa.com slash 3 and 30 and using the code 3 and 30. That's shop.analuisa.com slash 3 and 30 and use the code 3 and 30 for 10% off. They have layering necklaces and rings, bracelets and earrings, all in simple but elegant styles. And best of all, their company is carbon neutral. From their packaging to their products, they care about their impact on the planet. So go treat yourself and your loved ones at shop, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash 3 and 30 and use my code 3 and 30 to get 10% off your first order of this beautiful, sustainable jewelry. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp has partnered with 3 and 30 for the last several years, and I am so grateful for their ongoing support. If you are a 3 and 30 listener who's tried BetterHelp, I'd love to hear how it's going for you. You can always send an email to hello at 3and30podcast.com. Today, I want to share the experience of a mom in this community who reached out to me by email and told me that she had such a great experience with BetterHelp. She had wanted her young adult daughter to be emotionally equipped and supported as she headed off on an 18-month service mission for her church. So before her daughter left home, they got her set up with an online counselor via BetterHelp, and she had her first few sessions to make sure it was a good fit. Now that she's off on her mission, she has access to this mental health support if she needs it, and her mom feels great knowing that she has the support while away from home and family. BetterHelp provides counseling for married couples, individuals, and teenagers, and their licensed professional counselors have a wide range of expertise, varying from depression and anxiety to anger, trauma, communication, and sleep problems. So if you've been thinking about trying counseling for yourself, your marriage, or your teenager, why not give this super convenient option a try? You can get 10% off your first month if you go to betterhelp.com slash 3 in 30. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 in 30. 
And so this can start when they're young. It can be when they're a little bit older. But what is the second benefit of doing a coming of age celebration for your kids as they are entering adolescence specifically? The second one is the power of reinforcing responsibility and maturity. So we say it is time to take on more responsibilities, but you also get more privileges to go along with that. I feel like when we look at popular social media trends with teenagers, it will show us that our American culture in particular is really failing at teaching our kids healthy living and responsibility. And Mm. so these coming of age celebrations can remind all of us that our goal is to raise adults to not raise eternal children or teenagers. And Mm. so it sets a bar for the type of person that the child can become. And it helps us to set the standard before the problems come up. And I think that right there is really, really powerful. It gives them something to shoot for, a goal. Maturity is more than just physical growth. You know, it's character-based, it's habits-based. And so it's really important that they learn that young so that that's something that they can grow into. It's also an opportunity to teach them that rights are inseparably connected with responsibilities. Often our culture focuses on rights, but we forget to teach about the responsibilities that come with those rights as consequences as well are part of this. And so our kids will get more chores, but they also get more privileges. You get money because you work. If you drive the car, that means you have to check the fluids. And so if they don't fulfill those responsibilities, then that means consequences as well. So it's just a really great way to help them slowly look at very specifically and deliberately what they're involved in, what they have access to, what they don't have access to, and and what all those things mean. Yeah. And I love what you mentioned there that maturity is more than physical growth. One of my very favorite therapists that I read her articles and listen to her podcast is Jennifer Finlayson Fife. And she makes that point a lot that physical maturity just happens to you. Like it happens to all of us as long as like hormonally everything is the way that it should be in our bodies. But emotional maturity doesn't just happen naturally. And some people never really emotionally mature. And it's kind of more deliberate work. It's conscious work. And that's what you're helping parents to help their children do through this type of a ritual where you're getting explicit about what it means to be a grown-up and the type of grown-up that you want them to be. I can't even tell you, Rachel, how powerful it is to hear your loved ones and your child's scoutmaster or soccer coach or whatever tell them about what being a real man or woman means to them Mm. and encouraging them to show integrity, encouraging Mm. them to take care of the weak encouraging Mm -hmm. them to, you know, really make education a priority. It's so powerful. And it really makes me grateful for the the mentors and other people that we have to help us raise our children. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I mean, just thinking about sometimes we can be so shy to have those conversations. It feels too big or personal or important to be like, tell me about what you think it means to be a real woman or a real man or, you know, and so Mm -hmm. to give people the opportunity to have those conversations that they most likely would not have in everyday life is so powerful to give your kids that opportunity to learn that from the adults in their life, which I think leads really well into your third takeaway about the power of these rituals. The third one is the power of connection. 
And for our coming of age celebrations, we invite people who are older than our child. With one of our kids, we let them invite cousins that were the same age because we thought, oh, well, you know, they can learn from this too. But he ended up just being really distracted (laughs) and playing Mm. with his cousins. So that was a lesson learned. So when our children are 12, we invite anyone who's 15 and older. And it's so fun to see these 15-year-olds think about this. You know, what does it really mean? And to Mm. have my 18-year-old have it reviewed in his mind and hear all these mentors saying things to remind him. And it's so fun to see them all come together. And it bridges the generation gap just beautifully. My dad is really good at picking a gift and gifts aren't necessary, but he chooses to give a gift that goes along with the lesson that he'd like to teach. And so we just finished a coming of age for my third son Mm -hmm. and he gave him a compass and he said, I hope that Christ will always be your North Star. We're, we're believers. We're religious. And so he gave him a beautiful compass that was engraved and lovely. And it's a reminder now, you know, whenever he mm. pulls that out to go hiking or whatever, it's a reminder of his grandfather. It's a reminder of the principles that he felt was important to teach him. And it's the way that we do it as well. We spend the day together bonding and having fun and hanging out with the guys or the girls or, you know, whatever. And then at the end, we do a more meaningful fireside activity where we present these lessons. But it's a really great time for them to get to know them in a fun way, to get to know them in a deeper way. And all of our mentors do write letters to our children. And like I said, we do this at the campfire at the end of the day after we've had lots of fun. And uh, people forget what you say sometimes, you know, years pass and we forget But having the letters that they can refer back to often has been really powerful. And it's been so wonderful to see my little 12-year-old flip through his letters and read them Mm. and just see that he's really internalizing the things that they tell him. My 18-year-old recently went through a really difficult time. And so Mm. I called up one of his mentors and I said, can you help him, please? And I'm sorry, I'm going to get emotional. That's okay. And of course, relationships aren't just built on one day or one activity, but I was able to call this man and say, we need some help. He's Mm. having a really hard time. And, you know, I'm his mom. I can help him in some ways, but there are other ways I can't help him with. And so he called my son up. He said, hey, I need help fixing my horse stalls. Would you come out and help me? And they spent several days together fixing the horse stalls and they loved on my son and they taught my son and Mm. they filled up his cup in ways that I couldn't do it. And it was a really, really special experience. And I was so grateful that we had so much past history with this person. Mm -hmm. When you're at the coming of age celebration, you see all these people, all these people that you know, love you, that you can turn to at any moment it's, it's a really powerful thing. And, you know, actually Stanford Medicine, they did a study and they've found out, and most mental health people know this as well, that people who feel more connected to others, they have lower levels of anxiety and depression. They have higher self-esteem. They have greater empathy. They're more trusting and cooperative. And in turn, people are more willing to work with them as well. And so connectedness really generates a positive feedback loop of social, emotional, and physical well-being. And this is Mm. a really special way that we can deliberately create times like that for our children. Yeah. 
Oh, it's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story about your son, because it just goes to show that by you consciously creating mentorship opportunities when he was younger, it opened the door for those to continue into his adolescence. And I really think that people want to be mentors. They want their advice and wisdom to be valued, and we don't often give them the chance to do that. And so it takes a level of vulnerability to reach out and say, can you be a mentor to my child? But I'm sure that it means so much to the people that you invite in in that way. It does mean a lot to them. In fact, I have a brother who, after we did our very first one, he said, thank you for inviting me. He said, Mm. it was so meaningful for me to share the things that I've learned. But additionally, he said it was really healing for me as well. And that's something I hadn't expected. He said, you know, I had some difficult times in my adolescence and listening to all of that advice, being able to give advice of my own, it filled a hole. He didn't really realize that he had by Mm. being with all these other men and learning from them as well, because they learn from each other, you know, not just the child is learning. And so he was really, really grateful for that. And sometimes when you ask people to participate in these, they feel super awkward (laughs) because Mm -hmm. this isn't something that we do commonly in our culture. But as they think about it, they realize that there are some things that are really important to them. And even though we might have differences in political beliefs, in religious beliefs, in whatever else that you can, you know, come up with lifestyles and cultures and whatever, there are a lot of really universal things that we share and a Mm -hmm. lot of really wonderful things we can get from each of those differences as well. And so Mm -hmm. it's helpful if you do give your mentors maybe some talking points, similar to what you often do, Rachel, where you say, what are the top three takeaways that you would do? Or what Mm -hmm. do you think of such and such a topic? That's, That's one way to help guide your mentors as well when they're feeling a little awkward about things that helps give them a direction and helps them feel more comfortable as well. Yeah. And I've heard you say sometimes people do things that are more lighthearted and that's okay too. And sometimes Absolutely. people do something more serious so they can really bring their personality to it. Well, Jen, like I mentioned, I have admired your intention as a mother for a long time. And I've been blessed to know you for a long time through my work with Power of Moms and to have seen your children go from young children to you have children that have left home. What are the ages of your kids? I have a 20-year-old all the way down to 10 years old. I have five children total. So we have kind of a gamut right now. But I had three kids graduate high school in three years. So it's really hit me hard right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been able to sort of watch that journey and have admired how intentionally you have parented them. And this is just such a beautiful tradition. And I'm grateful that you're giving the idea to other moms because I know it will bless so many families. And you have some resources for women if they're listening and they're like, this all sounds great, but how do I put this type of an event together? Can you tell us about your resources for them? For sure. And you know, these rituals can take a variety of forms Mm -hmm. and different cultures will do them differently as well. So my way is not the only way to do this, surely, but I do have several blog posts about it at racethegood.com. I also have an ebook that gives a brief outline and lots of different ideas and checklists that people can do. Or if you would like to have a really fleshed out help with templates and invitations and activity ideas and physical challenges that you can do and other things like that, service opportunities, stuff like that, I do have a course that is available to help you 
do it with as little stress as possible. Mm -hmm. Great. And I'll put the link to all of that in the show notes. And Jen, I can't thank you enough for being one of my motherhood mentors and showing me how to do this with so much intention and love. And thank you for your time coming on 3 and 30. Thank you, Rachel. Sure appreciate everything you do. I loved that conversation with my friend Jennifer, and it got me excited to think about what we can do for my son's coming-of-age celebration in a few years. It's hard to believe, but he is 10 and a half, and so whether we do this at 12 or 13, I haven't decided yet, but I can already envision what a special day that will be for Noah. Learning about manhood from his dad, his birth dad, his grandpas, his uncles, and other trusted male mentors in his life. I'm kind of emotional already just thinking about it. Planning an event like this takes a lot of work and forethought, but Jen's three takeaways really reinforce why it is worth the effort. As a reminder, she taught us three purposes of a coming-of-age celebration for your child. First, coming-of-age rituals are an opportunity to formally recognize transition points in a child's life, which is just as important for the parents as it is for the child. It's a way of marking time and acknowledging that roles are changing and that is good and necessary which leads right into takeaway number two. Coming-of-age celebrations reinforce responsibility and maturity. It's an opportunity for your child to see themselves in a new light, who they are now as well as who they are becoming, so they can feel ownership over new levels of responsibility with accompanying privileges. And third, coming-of-age rituals build connection and bridge the generation gap for your child and the adult mentors who can guide and love them. It's an opportunity to both the child and the mentor to feel valued and to grow closer together so they can rely on each other in the years to come. This is such a beautiful, beautiful idea, and I am in awe of the indigenous cultures around the world that have made this a part of their child-rearing traditions for centuries. I'm grateful to learn from them and from Jennifer today. Thank you all for listening. I'm rooting for you, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.